two major components that I see a lot of women over 40 not doing are number one, they're not strength training. And number two, they're not eating enough protein. And the deal is, if you want to dramatically boost your health, or if you want to get in better shape physically, you got to build lean muscle. And you cannot do that if you're not eating enough protein consistently. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. All right, let's talk protein, the mighty nutrient that's been making waves lately. In today's episode of the Rev Your Metabolism podcast, I'm here, my sweet rubber, to answer all those burning questions surrounding protein. Have you ever wondered, what the heck does protein even do? Or how do I know how much protein I need? Or I get this one a lot, Alicia, how am I supposed to get enough protein in one day? Well, buckle up, buttercup, because I'm diving deep into those questions and more. Get ready for a protein-packed discussion that will leave you armed with knowledge and actionable tips so you can fuel your body right because the type of food you eat absolutely does matter. All right, here's our twist, and you should know this by now, Rever. Let's make it a walking chat, right? We're going to walk and talk, so throw on some comfy walking shoes. Join me for a stroll. We're going to delve into this game-changing topic because it really is a game-changer. An exercise for the body, nourishment for the mind. It's a win-win. I mean, what more can you ask for? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't forgotten about you because I've prepared a special treat just for you. A downloadable cheat sheet called Example Days of Getting Enough Protein. Bam! It's going to be your go-to resource. Just going to help you see what a day would look like. I, I have a few different grams of protein. So I think there's a, a 100 gram day. Um, I put 120 gram day, 140 gram day, just so you can kind of get an idea of what of what it would look like. And then it's going to ensure that you're going to meet your, your protein goals like a total boss. So you're going to be able to get that at stressmonkey.com. Remember, remember, monkey is spelled E-E rather than E-Y. So you're going to go stressmonkey.com 
forward slash, is that forward slash or just slash? You know what I mean. Protein, stressmonkey.com slash protein. But you know what would be even easier? If you just scroll to the show notes, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, go to the show notes and I'm going to have it linked up for you. It's so much easier. I mean, just click the link. Okay, are you ready to unlock the power of protein, boost your metabolism, and level up your health journey? All right, so here we go. Let's start our walking chat. I'm going to change the protein game together. And spoiler alert, this is major, major. So listen up. Because the two biggest areas where I see I don't even want to just say women over 40, people over 40. The two biggest areas that they're lacking is they're either not strength training at all or they're not properly strength training and they're not eating enough protein. And and the thing is, you can't build lean muscle if you're not eating enough protein, okay? So I really hope that you'll listen up because if your goal is to boost your health, if your goal is to change the way your body looks physically, then you absolutely have to build lean muscle. All right? Okay. I'm sitting here looking out my window as I'm, as I'm talking to you, and there's a lot going on today. Tree trimmers are out front. We've got painters out front. It's just, it's just a lot. But anyways, okay. So here we go. We're going to talk about what is protein exactly? A little sciencey, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it very simple. We're going to talk about protein's job in the body because I want you to fully understand this, so that you are very inspired to start to get enough protein. Once you realize how critical and crucial it is for not only your health, but also the way your body looks and the way your body, hmm, performs. Is that the right word? You, it's, you got to get enough protein, all right? We're going to talk cool things about protein, and we're going to talk about how much do you need, how to fit protein into your day. I'm going to give you some examples of some high-protein foods, and I'll also even tell you uh, a couple of ideas for protein-rich meals and something I call a protein blast for when you absolutely need a little help to reach your protein goals for the day. All right, so here's just a little fun tidbit. The word protein is Greek, and it comes from the word proteos. Proteos means primary or first rank. And the word protein has been used since 1883. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. So what is protein exactly? Well, here is the very sciencey definition. It's large and complex molecules consisting of amino acids that are essential for living cells. So this is what I want you to think when you hear, okay, when somebody says, what is protein? I just want you to remember amino acids. Can you do that? Amino acids. Okay, guess what it's time for. That's right. You're so smart. It's time for fact or fiction. Okay, fact or fiction. Protein exists in every one of the trillions of cells 
in the human body. Without it, no life could exist. Approximately 5% of the body is protein. Is that fact or fiction? Approximately 5% of the body is protein. Fact or fiction? That's fiction. Approximately 18 to 20% of the body is protein. I know, right? So, right there, that right there should tell you how important protein is. What is protein's job in the body? Well, it has a lot of jobs, actually. And while carbs and fat can be used as fuel sources, protein is used a little bit differently. So, again, I'm going to do an episode dedicated to carbs and an episode dedicated to fat. So I'm not going to get in that too, too much here. And protein can be used um, as energy source, but it's a different mechanism. So basically it goes like this. Carbs, when we eat carbs, they eventually turn into something called glucose that can be used as an energy source for the body. And then fat can become something called ketones as in the keto diet, right? So the body can use fat as an energy source as well. All right, hope that makes sense. So here is, okay, I was just gonna tell you this, but I think it's kind of fun. Here is another fact or fiction. I know, man, right away, right? I hope you like these. If you like these, you should, you should let me know. All right, so fact or fiction. Can the liver make glucose from amino acids in the absence of carbohydrates? So I guess I need to word that differently. Is this a fact? The liver can create glucose from amino acids in the absence of carbs. Is that fact or fiction? Yep, that is fact. It is called gluconeogenesis. Don't worry, I'm not going to test you on this. You don't have to remember that. But what's important for you to know is something called gluconeogenesis is a metabolic process where glucose, which is normally made from carbohydrates, right? But if the body is, is, has an absence of carbohydrates, then the liver can take non-carbohydrate sources, such as amino acids. And remember we said, we think protein, we think amino acids. So basically, yeah, the liver can take protein, amino acids, and turn it into glucose, which is a form of sugar. And the point, the reason I wanted to include this is because you gotta be real careful when you're doing the ketogenic diet. Cause I think most people think like, oh, just stop eating carbs. And it's a lot more precise than that because if you just stop eating carbs, but you're eating a ton of protein and fat, your body can essentially turn the protein into glucose. So you don't want that to happen if you're trying to do the ketogenic diet. And I'm not going to go too deep into that right now, but I, I'm just giving you a, a, little, a little tip there. So if you're wanting to try keto, I'm not saying whether it's good or whether it's bad. Um, but I'm just saying you better know what you're doing because it's not as simple as just stop eating carbs. Okay, so protein's job, let's talk about that. 
Um, and then I know you're gonna, you want to know how much protein should I have and, how, you know, I'm going to get to that, okay? But first things first, protein's job. Protein is needed for the body to function properly. You, there's a lot that protein does. I think you're going to be surprised. So the body, you, you, you cannot survive without protein, right? Amino acids, and that's protein. Remember, that comes from protein. Amino acids build and repair muscles and bones. Amino acids make some hormones and enzymes. Protein provides our cells with structure and support. Protein is responsible for growing and healing. Protein carries oxygen protects against disease, it grows hair and nails, and it allows for eyesight. Now, one thing I want to explain to you, because we're going to talk about something called protein synthesis, and it's very important that you hear this, because especially if you're listening and you're over 40, you gots to hear about protein synthesis. Very important. But let me just explain something. So when we eat protein, right? So let's say you eat a piece of chicken, right? or a piece of tofu. Again, it, that food is made up of amino acids. When we eat that protein, the body breaks down the food, and it kind of, just imagine, and again, I'm oversimplifying this, but just imagine it, it breaks it down, all these different amino acids come out of that food, right? Now what the body's going to do, and this is where protein synthesis comes in, the body makes its own proteins out of those amino acids. So it's going to use different combinations of amino acids to make different proteins within the body. And I hope that makes sense. So it's not as simple as you eat a piece of protein and it goes straight to work. No, it's got to be dismantled. And then the body starts to create, pull the amino acids it needs and create its own proteins. That is protein synthesis. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So... There are about 100,000 different types of protein inside the human body. Is that crazy? And the lifespan of most of these proteins is only two days or less. So you need this constant influx of protein is the point because the proteins in the body only live a couple of days. Now let's talk more about amino acids because this is super important for you to understand when it comes to the conversation around protein. Now, there are a total of 20 amino acids, okay? Nine of those amino acids are not made by the body. So we must get those nine amino acids from food. Those nine amino acids are often called essential amino acids since we cannot make them ourselves, okay? So... Out of the 20 amino acids, nine are called essential amino acids, and we got to get them from food. So foods that contain all nine of these essential amino acids are called complete proteins. Now, all animal products are complete protein. So if you eat an animal product, you're going to automatically have all nine of those essential amino acids, okay? So, you know, chicken, beef, eggs cheese, yogurt, okay? So anything that's an animal product. And I just want to say right now that I'm not trying to diss vegans out there. 
If you are a vegan because you're like, listen, it's a choice I've made because of animals and I don't want to eat them, I fully support that. It's a lot harder to be vegan and get all of the protein you need and all the essential amino acids that you need. So if you decide you want to be a vegan because you think it's a healthier choice, I really encourage you to rethink that. And again, please don't send me a message hating on me because I'm saying not to be a vegan. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if, if you're under the assumption like, oh, vegans are healthier, I got to tell you, you really have to know what you're doing to be a vegan and to get all the nutrients that you need in your diet, okay? So you can combine foods to create a complete protein. For example, rice and beans creates a complete protein. But what we know now is you're better off if you are a vegan um, or, you know, you think you're worried about not getting enough of, of complete proteins in your diet. Just eat a diverse source of plant-based um, proteins because it's not about sitting down and eating all nine amino acids at once that's so important it's just overall getting them so I'm talking to you vegans and vegetarians out there um, just making sure that you're eating a diverse source of plant proteins so that you're getting all the amino acids that you need so here's some examples of plant-based complete proteins okay so these proteins are plant-based, but they do contain all nine essential amino acids. So quinoa, soybeans, so that would include tofu, buckwheat, hemp, chia seeds, spirulina, and tempeh. All right, so those are all complete amino acids, or complete proteins, sorry, that contain all nine amino acids. All right, moving on. BCAAs, um, now this is something that people who are wanting to bulk up, you may have heard of them, bulk up more, gain some more muscle take. Um, BCAA stands for branched chain amino acids. Um, they're essential nutrients including leucine, isoleucine, and valine. So BCAAs stimulate the building of protein and muscle and possibly reduce muscle breakdown. But I will tell you this, this is a bit of an advanced tip. If you are somebody who is thinking about taking BCAAs, um, I would first get on a consistent progressive overload strength training program. And if you hit a wall and you're not seeing progress, then you could add in BCAAs but it's kind of putting the cart before the horse if you haven't tried strength training first, you know, without, it's just a waste of money basically. But if you are strength training consistently, you're, you're like, I'm doing this progressive overload, I'm not seeing any muscle mass growth, then maybe give them a whirl. Um, yeah, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know what, you don't even worry about it because you don't need to, you're just, you're my little cutie pie. All right. It's time for another fact or fiction. Okay, here we go. Fact or fiction. Leucine is the primary amino acid responsible for stimulating muscle protein synthesis. Fact or fiction. Yeah, that's a fact. 
And you know what? You might have heard more about leucine. And if you haven't, uh, hang on, because I bet you're going to. It's starting to become the new buzzword, leucine, because um, there's a lot of talk about that amino acid specifically helping to grow muscle faster. Um, so let's talk a little bit about leucine. It also plays an important role in other metabolic processes, such as fat loss, muscle recovery, muscle repair, and blood sugar control. So eating a diverse whole food diet is a great way to meet your daily leucine requirements without stressing yourself out. Because I've seen these charts where they have the amount of leucine in all these different foods. And I mean, I'm saying just get protein, okay? Don't stress yourself out with all the leucine. Just try to eat a whole food diet, Eat some, you know, have a little diversity in your diet. But there you go. Okay. Moving on. And here we go again. I'm going to talk about animal protein. Not all proteins are digested equally. Because animal proteins are more similar to our proteins than our plant proteins, they are used more readily and rapidly. In other words, our bodies can use animal protein slightly better than plant-based protein. So again, I'm not saying, not trying to knock vegans, vegetarians. I'm just saying it's going to take a little more effort on your part. Um, and for the people who eat plant-based protein, or sorry, animal-based protein, this should be a lot of good news for you, Okay. And don't forget the quality of the protein that you chow down on makes a big difference, right? Um, all right, now let's talk about this. Protein, the coolest macronutrient on the block. All right. I mean, I'm trying to be funny. We're, at, we're out here walking. I hope I make you giggle, chuckle a little bit from time to time. All right, benefits of a protein-forward diet. So what does that mean? That means you're making sure that you're getting enough protein, which I'm going to tell you how to do. So in just a second, but I want to, I want to make sure that this is, this is clear. Basically, it's like this. I'm going to tell you how to know how much protein that you should be eating in a day at around, okay? I'm, I can't, I don't know you. I don't know your, well, maybe I do know you. I mean, I, I might know you. But I'm just saying, I might not know all the specifics of your life. So I'm going to give you kind of like an, a, a guesstimate just so you have an idea of maybe a range that you should be hitting for. And then that's not going to change. So let's say I tell you I want you to eat 100 grams of protein a day. All right. Now, if you're a calorie counter, that protein amount is never going to change. You're going to keep that every day. Where you're going to start to play a bit is with the carbs and the fat, okay? So if you're somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to eat 1,950 calories a day, um, then I'm going to tell you how much protein to eat, and then whatever's left over, you can play with your carbs and fat, all right? And if you're like me, and that's just way too much for you, I'm going to tell you this. I just want to make sure that you're getting protein at every stinking meal, and I'm going to give you amounts, okay? So hang on. Here's the benefits of, of what I'm trying to teach you here of a protein-forward diet. Balanced blood sugar. By now, you should know how much you talk about that. 
It's literally the key to being incredibly healthy, incredibly fit, having energy, yada, yada, yada. Balanced blood sugar, right? Another benefit is increased energy, mental clarity, decreased body fat. Does that interest you? Mm-hmm. Improved body composition and reduced cravings. Reduce cravings, okay? Because protein is the most satiating macronutrient, right? What does that mean? It means it keeps you full for longer. So between protein, carbs, and fat, protein keeps you full the longest. So if you're getting enough protein at your meals, that should help you to go that three or four hours in between meals without having to snack, okay? All right, this is going to blow your mind. Let's talk about the cheese with the highest amount of protein, okay? And it's not the cheese that's going to blow your mind. It's when you find out how much protein is in this cheese. The cheese with the highest amount of protein is low-sodium Parmesan. In two-thirds of a cup, three and a half ounces or 100 grams, right, whichever of those makes sense to you, Two-thirds of a cup, three and a half ounces or 100 grams has 41.6 grams of protein. I mean, for us here, here in the U.S., two-thirds of a cup of low-sodium parm, parmesan, however you say it, parm, parmesan has 41.6 grams of protein. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's pretty rad. Okay, let's talk about protein synthesis, Okay. The purpose of protein synthesis is to make proteins for the cells and for the body. Remember, we, we, already, we already touched on that. Protein synthesis, please listen to this part because this, this is where you need to know what I'm about to tell you. Protein synthesis is a vital process because we need our bodies to be able to build the proteins that we need to perform important functions. Without protein synthesis, our bodies will not be able to make important components like hormones, enzymes, and new lean muscle. In other words, protein synthesis, we have to make sure that's happening, okay? Especially as we get older. And here's the deal. You need to eat a substantial amount of protein at one time. So what I'm saying is eat a good amount of protein at one meal versus grazing your protein throughout the day. Because protein synthesis needs a large amount of protein at one time to start the protein synthesis engine. Imagine that you're behind a car, right, that's broken down and you need to push the car, right? And your amount of effort pushing the car, we're gonna equal to the amount of protein. So if you're just barely pushing on the car, meaning you're eating just a little bit of protein, that's not going to get the car moving. you got to have a really big whoosh push to get that car moving, right? Same thing with protein synthesis. You want to get that protein synthesis fire revved up? Oh, revved up? Then you got to have a good amount of protein at once. So it has been proposed that muscle protein synthesis is maximized in young adults with an intake of about 20 to 25 grams of high quality protein. 
So, and I'm not talking about children. Let me be very specific, young adults, okay? So, you know, I'm going to say probably, you know, late teens through your 20s, maybe even in your early 30s, 20 to 25 grams can get that at once, at one sitting, can get that engine fired up, protein synthesis. Children, I mean, I don't know the exact amount here, and I'm not an expert on this, but I'm going to say it's probably more like 8 grams to 10 grams. So don't, don't go thinking, you know, don't go make your kid eat a ton of protein at once. Their, their bodies are very good at protein synthesis with not a whole lot. But as we age, our body becomes less efficient at protein synthesis. So it takes more protein to get that protein synthesis engine fired up much more than it did when we were younger. 40 grams of protein per meal is not a bad idea for most adults over 35 to 40 years old. Did you hear what I just said? And I know you're sitting over there going, 40 grams, that's a lot. Well, if you eat animal protein, it's not that hard to do. And again, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, it's doable. It's just going to take a little more work on your part, okay? So, I would really shoot, you know, I usually tell people aim for 30 to 50 grams of protein in each meal because then it kind of, you know, an average of that balances out to about 40. But in a second, I'm going to tell you some high protein foods and you can see that it's totally doable. Um, okay, really quick, according to the research, the amount of protein that you eat for your first meal strongly predicts the amount of calories you'll consume for the rest of the day. Okay? Let me read that to you again. This was published in, in PubMed. According to the research, the amount of protein you eat for your first meal strongly predicts the amount of calories you'll consume for the rest of the day. And again, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one reason is I just told you that when you eat enough protein, it keeps you full longer. The number two reason is that it helps to balance your blood sugar. Your blood sugar is balanced. You're going to have less cravings and less hunger when you shouldn't be hungry. So your first meal of the day either unlocks metabolic benefits or it'll knock you on your ass. For the average person, making your first meal of the day high-carb, low-protein, shuts down fat burning, negates your ability to build lean muscle, and makes you prone to blood sugar swings, all right? So we want to avoid that typical American diet of high carbs and low protein. Got to have a good amount of protein. And now what I want to talk about is the thermic effect of food, something else really cool about protein. So let's talk about this. It's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a multiple choice. So instead of fact or fiction, let's call it a protein power-up. This is a long episode, isn't it? I'm sorry. It's important. All right. Protein power-up. The thermic effect of food is A, how many calories are in a particular food, B, an increase in metabolism due to processing and digesting, or three, the thermic effect of food is a bad reaction to spicy food. Dun, 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 dun. Just kidding. All right, it's B. Protein. This is what the thermic effect of food means, okay? 
It means an increase in metabolism due to processing and digesting. Protein tops the charts as the most thermic macronutrient with approximately 25 to 30% of the calories you consume from protein being used for digestion and metabolism. So let me make sure you understand what I'm saying. Let's say you eat 100 calories of pure protein, right? It's going to take 25 to 30 of those calories. Your body's going to use them just to process and digest that piece of protein, okay? I know, protein's really rad. So stop for a second and hear this, okay? If you want to change the shape of your body, if you want to boost your health dramatically, if you want to slow down aging and feel incredible, you must build lean muscle. You need plenty of protein to do this. End of story. And if you're strength training and not eating enough protein, you're never going to get any real results. It's like you're doing all that work for nothing. Now, I know I talk about Dr. Peter Atia a lot. My goal is to one day have him on my podcast. If anybody out there knows him, tell him I'm his number one fan. But this is a quote from Dr. Peter Atia referring to a lack of protein in women over 40. Here we go. Here's his quote. It seems to be a really big problem in women over 40, especially in women that show up with no muscle mass, barely eating barely any protein, doing very little strength training. To me, that is a recipe for a shorter life, but more importantly, a lower quality of life. And again, Dr. Peter Atia, um, he is a practicing physician, but he's also a longevity expert. And he has his own podcast called The Drive. And his book is out called Outlive, and it's fantastic. Um, I just did a commercial for Dr. Peter Atia. All right, here we go. The moment you've all been waiting for. How much protein do I need, Alicia? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down like this. I say, how much do you want to weigh? Not how much do you weigh. How much do you want to weigh? So let's say your goal weight is 150 pounds. Then I say one gram for every pound you want to weigh. So that would be 150 grams of protein per day. If it's way far from where you are now, so if you have no idea how much protein you eat in a day, I would suggest tracking your grams of protein for a few days just to get an idea of where you're at now. And if you're nowhere near where you should be, I suggest just start with 100 grams per day. Okay? So... You're going to aim for 30 to 40 grams at each meal. You could have up to 60 grams, by the way. Um, and it can't. here's a little side note. It can be pretty difficult if you're practicing time-restricted eating. So that's just a little, that's just a little side note. Um, okay. And the way I do it, I eat breakfast kind of mid-morning, around 9-ish. Um, and I try to get about 60 grams, 50 to 60 grams of protein. Um, and then with dinner, same thing. I eat it, get about 50 to 60 grams of protein. So right there, I'm at, you know, usually about 100 to 120 grams. And then midday, I have a snack. So like around two-ish, I'll make sure I have a snack that's about 30 to 40 grams of protein. Um, and that's how I do it. So how do you fit enough protein into your day? Well, the first thing I'm going to say, let me tell you, and don't forget, go get that sheet that, I'm, that I created for you that gives you examples of what your day could look like. Stressmonkey.com slash protein. 
www.stressmonkey.com slash protein. All right, that was me talking in a weird voice. Or just go to the, the show notes and click the link. It's so easy. All right, but here, let me tell you, first of all, I'm going to tell you some um, examples of some high-protein foods. But I will say this. If you're having trouble getting enough protein at each meal, there's something that I teach my clients called a protein blast. And I tell them to think of protein as a supplement. So they will literally just take some protein powder. Usually a scoop of protein powder is about 20 grams. So I'll tell them, you know, a scoop, scoop and a half in some unsweetened almond milk, maybe add some ice to like a shaker bottle. You're going to shake it like you mean it. Shake a, shake a, shake a, shake a, and then you're going to drink it. All right. Think of it like taking a vitamin almost. It's a protein blast. So you could get in, you know, 20 to 30 grams right there as a, as a drink. Okay. All right. But here we go. Chicken, three ounces of chicken. I want you to look, if, especially if you're a woman, look at the palm of your hand, just the palm. That's about four ounces. That's not a very huge piece of chicken, right? Three ounces of chicken has 26 grams of protein. So if you eat animal products, if you eat a big chicken breast, which is probably going to be five to six grams of protein, you've just hit like 50 grams of protein right there. I'm sorry, five to six ounces, not grams of protein. Oh my God. <laughs> I should edit that out, but I'm not going to. So if you eat a chicken breast, it's like five to six ounces. You're eating about 50 grams of protein. So now do you see how it's, it's totally doable, okay? Um, Grass-fed beef, four ounces, is 24 grams. So it's not that far off from chicken. Um, let's see. Greek yogurt, a container. It's usually my mid-afternoon snack, by the way, and then I add in other things to up the protein count in it. Um, that's 20 grams for a container of Greek yogurt. Edamame, one cup, has 18 grams. Um, let's see, I'm looking through my list here of different ideas here. Um, we've got lentils, and a half a cup is 9 grams. But that's also got a lot of fiber, so that's a good one. Let's see, I'm trying to find something for my vegan friends out there. Um, okay, let's just move on here. Um, but I do want to mention something really quick. One large egg only has seven grams of protein. And I think a lot of people are like, well, I had an egg for breakfast. It's only seven grams of protein. So this is my little trick. I only want to eat, and egg yolks are so incredibly healthy for you, so I'm not going to tell you to not eat eggs. They're so healthy. What I do is I'll take one egg, sometimes two, the whole egg, and then I also cook, cook them with a whole bunch of egg whites. Because three tablespoons of egg whites, which is not that much, has five grams. So if you're adding a whole bunch of egg whites, you can easily get that up to, you know, 20 or 30 grams of protein. Is this making sense to you? All right. So I've told you how much you should be eating, what you want to weigh, that many grams per day. Given you some examples of some high-protein foods. I taught you how to do the protein blast. So... Let me give you an example of a day of 140 grams of protein. And when I tell you this, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so easy. Um, so here we go. Get ready for this. For breakfast, you have protein oatmeal, which is a half a cup of oats with one cup of unsweetened almond milk or unsweetened uh, 
coconut milk, and a scoop of protein powder. That's 35 grams of protein, okay? Does that sound crazy, hard to do? No. Lunch, we're gonna have a turkey BLT. We're gonna have two slices of turkey, a slice of Swiss cheese, a slice of bacon, two slices of Dave's Killer Bread, lettuce and tomato. That's 34 grams, okay? Then we're gonna have a snack around three-ish. We're gonna have a protein bar and it has 20 grams of protein in it. Bam, okay? Then we're gonna have dinner. We're gonna have six ounces of salmon and a half a cup of edamame and that's 51 grams of protein. I just told you how to eat 140 grams of protein. Did that sound too crazy? No, it's totally, totally doable. So before you head out, Rever, I wanna tell you, I have some very exciting news coming up. Um, you're gonna wanna hear because I'm gonna be launching an amazing program in January. It's gonna help kick the year off right. It's called the Total Body Reset. It's a 21-day program. So stick around, come back every week so I can give you more details about that. Also, listen, let's, let's create this awesome community and get the word out there, teach people how to rev their metabolism. If you could please leave me a review or a rating, it just helps to get this podcast out in front of more people. But I wanna tell you, thank you so much, my sweet Rever, for being here. Um, I love our walks together. And I know this was a longer episode, but promise you, this is very, very important for you to know about, okay? All right, sugar bear. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you next week for our walk and talk. Bye for now.